Hey guys, it's Eric. Asps. Very dangerous. You go first. Hey everyone, this is Joe. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Now, the creators of Jaws and Star Wars bring you... Indiana Jones. A totally modern hero. Trust me. And a new age of adventure. From the jungles of Peru. To the streets of Cairo. From the greed of the pharaohs. To the wrath of God. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wait PG. Opens June 12th at a theater near you. Check local newspapers. You're listening to Worth a Lead Fee, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch, even if it meant paying a lead fee. How you doing, Joe? Not too bad, Eric. Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We were just talking before the podcast. I got some news that I'm going to be working from home for even longer than I thought I was going to be working from home, so that's kind of good kind of bad kind of i want to leave my house very bad but doing the right thing and just staying home watching movies so that's good yeah that's pretty much how i feel at this point i i enjoy being at home but at the same time getting out there i really am i really am missing it yeah my i don't even remember if i've said this on other episodes of podcast because i've just said it in general so many times but all i want is to be able to like go to my friend's house and like grill up a couple burgers. I don't need to be able to go to like bars or I want to be able to do that to support businesses and stuff, but I don't need to be doing anything crazy. I just want to be able to like go to my friend's house, watch a movie and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Record these in person. I know as easy as this has been recording it on, on, on uh, online, it'd be nice to like, record it in person have a beer whatever but right the whole thing is this will start because we would go out and have a beer and talk about movies right right so but like we always say we can't we can't complain we're right we're doing we're doing well all things considered so i've been uh i'm still still finishing the wire so that's still ongoing and then now that i now that i know i'm going to be home until july something um i gotta find some new shows to watch so that's what uh that's what i'm doing yeah, I'm still working on Zoe's uh, extraordinary playlist. It's a fun, it's a fun show, but it gets a little, a little repetitive. So I had to take long breaks from it. I feel like it wasn't as, what uh, e- wasn't easy, an easy binge like never have I ever. Right. It, well, yeah, that's the wires. The same. Well, the wires not easy. So like, it, once you're in it, you're like, a hundred percent in. But it doesn't, it doesn't reach out and grab you like some movies, some shows do. So yeah. <clears throat> but I, f- I feel like Bree and I. Oh, Brie. So Brie tried, my wife, Brie, part-time co-host, tried to, <laughs> tried to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark with me. That's what we're doing today, by the way, guys, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Um, and she, she'd never seen it before. Oh, really? And yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know, but. No, I know. I know a few people who, uh, yeah. I think it's half and half. It's more of a guy movie. And then it's also like a little bit before, definitely before your generation. Yes. And even before my generation. So, um, so the, it's a little bit of both. And she, she was like liking it, but she, she can't, if we sit down and watch a movie on a weekday when, you know, would normally be going to bed, she can't, and I'm kind of the same way. I can't get into it. So she tapped out. She, not that she didn't like it, but she just like, couldn't stay awake. So no knock on the movie, but <laughs> so I, like I said, we're going to be discussing Raiders of the Lost Ark 
um, my pick. I I said a little bit last week, but the reason I picked it was I was watching Clear and Present Danger, another Harrison movie, uh, with Brie. And then I was trying to think of what I was going to do next. And I was like, you know, we haven't done a lot of 80s movies. We've been on a 90s kick for a while, so needed an 80s movie. And then I saw this, and I was like, all right, it's, uh, it's meant to be. And the beer I'm drinking while we're recording, I'm showing it to the camera like this is going online. <laughs> but um, it's uh, from El Segundo Brewing Company, and it's Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. So I figured, you know, even though it's Steve Austin Pro Wrestler, we're going to ignore that for a second. Just focus on the crack skull, and it's kind of a tomb feel. So, yeah. Did you? You said you're drinking a beer, Joe. I am. It's actually relevant to the movie, kind of. All right. All right. So I have a beer that I got from Germany called Brustubel. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong, and I don't know how I, t- I don't know how I feel about the taste. It's a little strong, German beer, man. But it's, I mean, it's it's relevant. <laughs> so. We just we lost our one listener in Germany. <laughs> Oh, like, my, first time, my, first, my first time having a relevant beer this is a big deal for me good good is, yeah, it, yeah. is it good it's, i mean it's, it's strong it's strong yeah yeah the 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 broken skull ipa is good it was funny i was i took a sip of it and brie was like how is it and i was like it's good and i was trying to think of how i would explain it and then it's it says like right on the back that it's it's like a smooth IPA with an easy finish and I was I was trying to think of how to say like it's an easier to drink IPA than a lot of IPAs. I like IPAs but and then right as I was thinking of how I was trying to figure out how to explain it and then I was like yeah exactly like the can says so <laughs> yeah it's good so uh hey, how many other beers does Steve Austin have in his line is it just this one is this like his one and only are you are you aware of or I I don't have an answer to that but I don't think I don't think it's Steve Austin's beer it's um el segundo brewing company for steve austin oh okay i okay. think but i could be wrong like fan service <laughs> yeah yeah i'm doing some <laughs> i'm doing some research so while i'm doing some research on this uh i'll, I'll get some stats we, here. yeah yeah it just came out in 81 <laughs> came out on june 12th 1981 had a budget of 18 million and made 389.9 million in the box office if that doesn't warrant a sequel right away i don't know what will yeah written by the legendary Lawrence kasdan and directed by the legendary steven spielberg right there dream team man it's insane the talent this whole thing this whole thing is it's 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 this is like the most yeah we'll talk about it we'll talk about it as we go and usually we'll bring up the composer later on but he plays such a crucial role in the film that he just can't not be mentioned right now with the other legends, and that's John Williams. Just like you yep. said, how Brie... I have, I have a note about that, too. Yep. Yeah, how Brie hasn't mentioned, like, how Brie hasn't seen this movie. I know more people who know about the soundtrack and haven't seen the film. The soundtrack oh, 100%. More, rel- more, more famous, as some, uh, you know, it's insane. It's more recognizable than the movie to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in my opinion, 81 wasn't the best year in film, but it was, it was still pretty good. Uh, Number, the highest grossing film is Raise of the Lost Ark. Then on Golden Pond, Superman 2, Arthur, Stripes, The Cannonball Run, Chariots of Fire, For Your Eyes Only, The Four Seasons, and Clash of the Titans. So there, yeah. are, some, there are some classics in there, but nothing that like, you know, nothing no. that broke, you know, broke records and other than Raiders, really. Um, yeah. But man, just like we talked about last week with... Um, uh, Space Jam. The marketing for this film is even to this day, it is so insane. Like 
I was at a friend's party before the world went to hell and not the coolest character, but one of the people there was wearing a licensed Indiana Jones hat. And I'm like, holy hell, that exists. So the fact that you can buy like licensed hats and <laughs> licensed clothes and so was it like the hat, like the the like the cowboy style hat? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, was yeah. It... Dude was confident. <laughs> when um when I was watching this, I was thinking of who who would love this movie and who would share a lot of the same wardrobe is my old roommate slash uh, another former assistant manager for the video rental store we work for Chris because he had like a, he, he always had like random outdoor stuff like he had those Vibram shoes with where you have like the fingers on for each toe and he always wore like hiking boots and like Indiana Jones style hats and and he'd have like a necklace with uh I'm making it sound like a serial killer right now <laughs> he, he had like the, a, is, this, is this the one about the uh the socks the, the shoe socks is this the, is this yeah, the, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. And it have like a it had like a random necklace with like a tooth on it, so you'd be like, you would think like, oh, he must like he's like super outdoorsy and stuff, and he would go hiking a little bit, but not enough in my opinion where you needed to always be, yeah, to always be wearing like hiking boots and to and to have like you know uh, a weird hat like that. But you know, hey, I wear weird stuff too, so yeah, free country. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was thinking that when you were, and, and, and when you were telling that story, I was like, "Who would wear an Indiana Jones?" No, you know what? Chris would wear an Indiana Jones hat. <laughs> like it was like it was like because like it was his icebreaker for the party. So I was like, "Dude, like go with it, I guess." Like this, that's your thing. Go with the flow. Dude, have you ever seen the the pickup artist in VH1? Yes, I have. That show is the greatest. <laughs> Bree and I, when Bree and I started dating. I don't remember how we both brought it up, but one of us brought it up. It was probably one of us saying like, this is going to sound weird, but have you ever seen the pickup artist? And the other person was like, yes, that show is, was so good. Another, I always like to point him out another proud Canadian mystery. Um, And he, there was like kernels of truth in his theories, but that's a good conversation starter. I mean, yeah what was going on in the world from what I saw is this is June of 81. I wasn't alive yet. I was born in 85. And usually it's like a mixture of like this album came out and then like this movie was released and then there's like a bad thing. It was a lot of heavy, sad stuff that I'm not going to talk about because we get enough bad stuff going on in the world. It was like, a, it was like this person was, there was an assassination attempt and this person died and this person, this, this building blew up. So the, the the only two things I took down are both sports related because it was really the only positive news other than Indiana Jones, then Raiders of the Lost Ark, was Larry Holmes, TKO's Leon, Leon Spinks for the WBC heavyweight title. And then this is the more important one, John McEnroe's temper tantrum where he's like, it was in at Wimbledon. Yes. That That's really the only good oh, one. So. That's awesome. John McEnroe actually, is a bit, going back to Never Have I Ever, he's actually the narrator of the character. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's uh, yeah. Uh, he's in the first episode. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's like, you might be asking, why am I, yeah, why am I narrating this? Yeah, yeah. and he's like, and he's the narrator of the female character throughout the entire series, so it's it's really funny. Yeah, no, that was a random. When we started <laughs> watching that, I was like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> but so you have the the back of the DVD summary. I do. 
Accompanied by his feisty independent ex-flame, Marion Ravenwood, played by Karen Allen, the two-fisted archaeologist embarks on a thrilling quest to locate the mystical Ark of the Covenant. Indy must discover the Ark before the Nazis do, and has to survive poison traps, snakes, and treachery to do so. Explore the darkest jungles of South America, the bustling marketplaces of Cairo, and a top-secret submarine base with Indiana Jones as your guide to adventure. And finally, witness the power of the Lost Ark unleashed as Indy stays one step ahead of the Nazis in this classic treasure. What's weird about what's weird about my taste in movies is that this movie totally appeals to me. Like just that plot, and even though there's there's not even a hint, there's a decent amount of kind of um like magical stuff. You know what I mean? A, a little bit, whether it's religious or whatever, but so and and i love it but i i'm not a huge sci-fi guy and if and i'm not a huge superhero movie guy so it's weird that this stuff this movie appeals to me but because if you made a similar movie but it was a superhero i I don't think i'd like it that much i think what i like about it is that indiana jones is like a regular guy i mean i know he's not a regular guy there's not many guys like that walking around but you know no but he's he's a professor (laughs) right so it's like it's seeing i I love how they split that like his personal life as a professor and then his like crazy rebellious adventurous life and it's a passion of his it's like it's not yeah yeah no so um what is your first memory of this movie so this is this is sort of like a slow build up of a few like with a few pieces but um my father had this on, a, on VHS on the shelf growing up and like, I never watched it, but I always thought like the recognizable cover. Um, and then I go to my uncle's place in Cape Cod every summer and see the same VHS on his shelf in Dan Jones. And then I went to a little place called Blockbuster a little Ooh. while later. And I saw this, a Sega Genesis game there called Young and Dan Jones, which is awful. But from that point on, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I see this character quite a bit, so I'm going to check it out. And I watched my father's VHS tape, and at a young age, I fell in love with Indiana Jones. I have, I have actually a pretty similar – my first memory of it, too, is that my dad had it, and my dad didn't have a ton of movies, which is funny because he does now. But I don't remember him having a ton of movies growing up, and he had the same VHS, and I, I, I watched it pretty young, I think, probably too young for – yeah, I think I too, but <laughs> but but um the, honestly the first thing I think of when I think of this movie even still is uh John Reese Davies' voice. He has the greatest voice in the history of the world, I think. Him and like James Earl Jones could battle for for like if I if you were like Eric, if you cut off your one of your hands, you can have John Reese Davies' voice. I'd be like it's probably worth it. Can I pick the hand? Can I can you take my left hand? <laughs> So, out of curiosity, what do you associate Harrison Ford with? Do you, what do I associate him with? Yeah, like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Like, what do you, what do you, when you hear Harrison Ford, what I do you am, mind? I am so glad you asked that, Joe, because this is going to be a hot yeah, take. But it's like Air Force One. I, <laughs> I love Air Force One. No, me too. But, like... <laughs> but the two movies that you just said, I personally like Indiana Jones more than I like. The, the, I like the first three Indiana Jones more than the original Star Wars movies. Okay. Not saying I don't. I don't. Not saying I don't like the original Star Wars movies, but I think that Indiana Jones, the first three, are better than 
Star Wars four, five, and six, but you know, okay. the first. Oh, three, yeah, no. Five, yeah, no, they're both they're both quite serious. So, like, there really is no wrong <laughs> answer. I I associate but, first with Han Solo more, but either way, there's no wrong with answer. With what? Uh, Han Solo, Harrison Ford is Han Solo to me. Okay. Um, but there's no wrong answer. They're both great film series. I think the first movie I think of though, when I think of Harrison Ford, is either The Fugitive or Clear and Present Danger. Um, but that's just because Clear and Present Danger is nowhere near as good as. Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones and movies in general, but um, it's I just grew up with it, and then I honestly think The Fugitive is, I mean I can't say The Fugitive is underrated because it's rated very well. I mean it's not like it's rated well, so but I, I but I still think it's underrated. I, I think The Fugitive is such a good film. So oh, yeah, I do too. So, um, you kind of touched on it, the dream team here. So we have Spielberg, George Lucas. John Williams and Harrison Ford going into this. So, and you have Lawrence Kasdan who wrote the thing, right? And like he wrote, talking about Star Wars, he wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Wild. Right. So, so it's just everyone. Like I can't think of a a a better example of people coming together at in their prime than than this movie. But so if you start with Spielberg and how he was doing going into this movie. So Spielberg does Jaws in 75, Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 77, 1941 in 79, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81, E.T. in 82, Temple of Doom in 84, Color Purple in 85, Empire of the Sun in 87, Last Crusade in 89. So from 75 to 89, and there was other stuff, but what a run. I know. From, you know what I mean? Yeah. George Lucas. Star Wars New Hope in 77, Empire Strikes Back in 80, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81, Return of the Jedi in 83, Temple of Doom in 84. It's insane. And then John Williams, Jaws in 75. If you, I bet you if you, if you may, had someone and you gave them no like context and you said, what are some of the most iconic scores? Like not soundtracks with, with, with music, but right. that you could think of they would almost all be John Williams, but yeah, no, I, absolutely. Jaws in 75, all the star Wars movies, Indiana Jones taps, Ferris Bueller, empire of the sun, home alone, hook JFK, Jurassic park and saving private Ryan. So that's from 75 to 2000. Like that, that's insane. And then Harrison Ford, <clears throat> American graffiti in 73 star Wars, new hope in 77. Apocalypse Now a little bit in 79, Empire Strikes Back in 80, uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in 81, Blade Runner in 82, Return of the Jedi in 83, Temple of Doom in 84, Witness in 85, another unbelievable movie, uh, Last Crusade in 89. Uh, I stopped there, but it continued through the 90s. And I th- I would challenge anyone to have to find an actor or an actress or director or anything with a better 25 year run than Harrison Ford's 75 to 2000. <clears throat> it, it, it's insane. If you go on his IMDb or Wikipedia, that run from, even if you just start with Star Wars, New Hope in 77, because we, we, we kind of just blew past movies like Air Force One that like, you know, we joked about, but. No, they're great though. Like they're, again, they're, they're great. All, yeah. 
fugitive stuff like that like like a witness it's 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 absolutely insane so um that's we i feel bad because we're kind of i don't i it's i don't want to get too much into other cast members even though there were some very talented people and but with when steven spielberg george lucas and john williams are there they're kind of more important than most of the cast members to me yeah karen allen uh aka uh small's mom from the sandlot that's I her waiting, i was waiting for that plug somewhere all right oh yeah you know it's coming <laughs> i knew it was coming and i think i think the reason that i love harrison ford so much is that and 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 what I miss and I, and I don't think Hollywood has now is I have to be very clear about how I say this. Harrison Ford is a million times cooler than me, a million times more better looking than me, a million times better shaped than me, but he, he looks like a normal guy. Like he, he, he looks like he could be your friend's dad or something like that. And now like to be a, to be a, like an A-list actor, you have to be like six four, two hundred and fifty pounds of like roided up probably muscle, and so the charm of Harrison Ford and other movie stars from his generation is that like, is he really good looking dude? Yeah, is he super smooth and cool and way cooler than us? Yeah, but he doesn't look like another species of you know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah, the thing going into this is like this is what makes Harrison Ford and us his charisma in all the films. He plays that savvy. He's like Bond. Less, no, that, that's it's the thing that's cool about him is that he's like he drops stuff and he's not he's like he's smart, but he's not as smooth as Bond. Like he exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, there probably are other stars like that right now, but that's to me what makes him probably one of my favorite movie stars of all time especially in this is his prime so we have i have normally i have like three four five six kind of random facts of about the movie like imdb facts but i have a million for this one so uh stop me if i so i'll try to skip over some of them but the first thing i wanted to start with especially given what we were just talking about is other actors considered for the role of indiana jones so I'm going to give you a few of them and I want you to tell me which one you think would have been, if, if Harrison Ford couldn't, couldn't have done it, who could, which who would one, be the next, best, the who next would be best? your next pick? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there was a million of them, by the way. And, and some of them were actors that were more popular in, you know, before our era. So I just picked out ones that are, we still have some name uh, recognition. So Sam Elliott, David Hasselhoff. Don't laugh. <laughs> Don't laugh at the Hoff. Tom Selleck and Sam Neill. Oh, I mean Sam Neill, I guess. Yes, that's exactly what I Sam thought too. Neill, like all those other characters, like all the other actors are good, but like, well, almost all of them are good. I don't know how I feel about Hasselhoff, but no, like I don't know how I don't know how they could pull off like the charisma that Harrison Ford pulls off. But I can see Sam Neill pulling it off. And Samuel also has that mixture of like, he's got that machismo, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think. Oh wait, did you say Sam Neil or Sam Elliott? Sam Neil. Oh okay. See, I think Sam Elliott. So, oh, but okay. either, but but those are my two top, my two top choices because I think they're, they're both, 
they're both like act Hollywood, but they're also like manly guys. And um, but so Sam Neill was considered for the role, but he and he would eventually play a character with a similar iconic hat in a Spielberg directed movie when he played in Jurassic Park. That's the note on his uh, his IMDb fun fact. But I love Sam Elliott. I love him in Tombstone. I love him in Gettysburg. And and I just think he's like a super manly man guy. Did um, you did you read who was going to play uh, Sala? And Dan Jones, who was thought about for a casting choice. For who? I'm sorry, for you broke up for a second. For Sala. Did you hear no. Dan DeVito was the uh, was was up that for the would have, <laughs> I don't want to say that I don't want to think of anything ruining this movie, but that might have ruined this movie. No, and I that. and I love Danny DeVito. Seriously. I he's like one of my favorites because I love that he doesn't take himself seriously, but that would have been a horrible, horrible turn. So oh well. <laughs> Um, Harrison Ford was actually cast less than three weeks before the principal shooting began. Uh, and there's a longstanding myth that Jeff Bridges turned down the role for Indy, but it was never offered to him and he confirmed that. But so what do you think about Jeff Bridges? I think Jeff Bridges would have been, I think he coupled off too. Yeah. He would have been other than Samuel and Sam Elliott, probably my next choice before Tom Selleck, because I think Tom Selleck's too, he's, too perfect. He's too much, he's, right. He's much of a pretty boy to play like, and like, don't like, like you said, Harrison Ford is really pretty too. But Tom Selleck's roles before this were all based on his looks, almost. I feel like, yeah, Tom Selleck's too, too much. He's too good looking and too also like jacked. Like Harrison Ford's like wicked looking dude, but he's, he's like a normal, you know. So, but yeah. Um. So traditionally, when one of his films is about to open, George Lucas goes on vacation to get away from all the, <laughs> the crazy media and stuff. So as Star Wars A New Hope in 77 was about to open, Lucas went to Hawaii where he was joined by Spielberg. Um, when the grosses for Lucas' film came in and it was clear that it was going to be a hit, he relaxed and was able to discuss other topics with his friend. And it was at this point that Spielberg confessed that he always wanted to direct a James Bond film. So this kind of ties back to what you were saying. To which Lucas replied, uh, he had a much better idea, an adventure called, later, an adventure called Raiders of the Lost Ark, conversation happened while the two were making a sandcastle after their <laughs> trip they got together and developed the script so with with lawrence kasdan so Man, like i know the right story that is i i'm telling you i tried to pick out like i said five or six fun facts about this movie and i was like it, there's there's so many it's mine are, it, mine are short and boring so g- give me some years give me some years well, was, i'll give you one because like that was like that was way too good so like and during the scene uh when he's in the wells uh the well of souls Yep. On like this, on the side, you'll see like carvings on the frame. On those carvings, you can actually see um, R2D2 and C3PO carved yep. in there as like a cool little, yep. cool little. I saw that. I have that too. That's good. I can delete that off my list of <laughs> eight million. So you know, I saw that too. That there, there was a few um, kind of references to other, uh, other movies that the two of them made. So that's cool. Yeah, I love stuff uh, like that. I love like Easter eggs like that <clears> from other films. What's another crazy one that I saw was that, can you imagine having a the team of George Lucas and Spielberg, especially after Star Wars is just blown up and it was initially turned down by every studio in Hollywood? Was it? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. And it's, and, and even, even Paramount who ended up doing it, they had to kind of like twist their arm and, and whatever. And, Unreal. In 81, and in, in 81, you knew who Spielberg was. <laughs> Why would you turn down anything Spielberg right. brought to you? <laughs> right, I know it's it's a guaranteed, and and George Lucas made was like at the time a weird deal, 
So the studio financed the film's $18 million budget. In exchange, Lucas agreed he would own 40% of the film and collect almost half of the profits after the studio grossed a certain amount. It turned out to be the greatest decision ever. I don't know exactly what he made, but he, he, you know, he made quite a bit of money off this movie, and it seemed like they were getting a deal at the beginning. So, And they made a great partnership because of it. Right, right. So um, kind of going to skip over some of the, the long ones here and just do a few little ones. But um, So initially, George Lucas was against using Harrison Ford, um, and he and part of it was he had seen how Martin Scorsese had earned a reputation for casting De Niro in most of his movies, and he didn't want Ford to become like my Bobby, my Robert De Niro. So he was against it at first, um, but eventually, obviously, it, it worked out. So um, uh, like I mentioned, because I, I actually thought about this, like these movies came so close between each other, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, that I w- I always kind of like wondered if. Harrison Ford being the face of two big franchises at the same time, if that would ever be like conflicting, almost like, I don't know, having a persona, like difficulty, like where it's like, you don't know, it's almost like you never see a superhero like, actor cast as, as a superhero in different franchises. Yep. So I felt like this is like, sort of like Harrison Ford, like he was casting two big franchises at the same time going on. Yeah. And, but, and there's, there's just not movie stars like that anymore. <laughs> there, right. You and, know, it, and everything's like almost like monopoly now. It seems like so like, if one actor's cast to one property, they can't beat another property at this point. So, it's- yeah, it's it's like it's like, what's wrong with boxing too is that, you know, if you're the WBC champ and then you want to fight another organization champ, neither group wants their champ to fight the other champ because they don't want it to lose and lose value and and whatever. So, <clears throat> a few other short ones. Um, oh, actually, first one, you're aligned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, it's not the years, honey. It's the mileage was ad-libbed by Harrison Ford. Of course so just, it was. Yeah. She's so smooth. Um, the opening scene in the Peruvian jungle was filmed in Hawaii. Same place where Spielberg would return to film Jurassic Park. So that's cool. Harrison Ford did most of the stunt work himself, including the scene where she gets dragged behind the truck. He, since he sustained several bruised ribs from the stunt and later said, if the stunt was dangerous, he wouldn't have, if he knew the stunt was dangerous, he wouldn't have done it. The out of control airplane I actually ran over Harrison Ford's knee, tearing a ligament in his left leg. Lucky for him, the heat had turned the rubber's tire soft so it did not crush the bone. Uh, and rather than submit to Tunisian healthcare, Ford had his knee wrapped in ice and carried on. Harrison Ford, man. What a trooper, man. Doing his own stunts. Especially like during <clears throat> that sequence, which is probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, but going onto the car with, the, with his whip, that scene is so impressive, even if we're looking at it by today's standards. Oh, yeah, no, that... That yeah no the action of this movie for eighty one is is crazy. So speaking of Tunisia, during filming in Tunisia, nearly everyone in the cast and crew got sick except for Spielberg. It is thought that he avoided illness by eating the f- only the food that he brought with him. A lot of cans of SpaghettiOs. When was the last time you had a SpaghettiO, Joe? God, I have no idea. <laughs> so I remember loving SpaghettiOs, and I think it was like ten years ago or something. I was like, you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a can of spaghettios, and I did, and I tried them, and it tasted like pure salt to me. I was like, "This is disgusting," but I'm sure it's not disgusting. That's a little strong, but oh no, there was I, I remember being disgusting. I would go over to my neighbor's house, and so like whenever I was younger, I'd go over the house for like hot dogs. Same. That's how my and family I, was. Yeah, <laughs> spaghettios and hot dogs, man. That was like their like that was their big dish. No, yeah, spaghettios <laughs> are a little, little much. So we talked about Spielberg, Lucas, Harris, uh, Harrison Ford, everything. 
Um, a, a shout out to set design uh, and, and wardrobe. Indy's hat and jacket were designed by Deborah Nadulman Landis. I could have that wrong. Uh, who also designed Michael Jackson's iconic red and black jacket from the Thriller video. Oh, wow. When Indy's hat was made, the brim was shaped to cover his eyes for protection and to help hide faces when stunt doubles were being used. The boots Harrison Ford wear, uh, wears are model 405 work boots made by the Alden Shoe Company in Middleborough, Massachusetts. They are advertised and sold to this day as indie boots. Oh, that's, I've heard those too. Oh my God. I never put the two together. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's, that's, I'll, I'll give up on that after my, my random facts, even though I have 4,000 more, but, um, some of the, like you were mentioning, like the set design, like some of the like little guys, like were really good, like creative Ben Burr, who did the sound. Did you read that? Mm -hmm. He did the sounds of snakes by sticking his fingers into a cheese casserole. Yep. I thought, I, was, I thought that was cool. I do. One of the ones I deleted was something like that, where they were trying to make the um, the sound of like a stone sliding when they pulled the tombstone off, and they couldn't figure out how to do it. And then I think it was like one day, one of their cars broke, and they had to push it or something, and it was making this grinding noise. And so he jumped. I don't think that's what it was. Something about a car, and he and he like jumped out of the car. He was like, wait, 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 and he and he got something and recorded it, and that's what they ended up using. Oh, so, that's cool. I love that cool behind the scenes stuff like that. I was yeah. listening to um, Conan O'Brien this week had uh, Mike Myers on his podcast and they were telling all these cool, like behind the scenes SNL stories and stuff like that. It's just so interesting to me. So Especially a film like this, with so much history behind it, hearing all, all how things were done back then with different, right. different, you know, money management and like different effects. It's really cool how they became creative. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, so this is something where there probably are some things and it depends on how, how into it you want to get. So we've talked in other movies about stuff that kind of wouldn't fly today, like not, not in this millennium, things that would be either offensive or just not acceptable. Did you have anything down? Honestly, I put in my thing, like I, I could see this movie being made in 2020 without much i could yeah i could i don't think there's i don't think there's a whole lot that would you know turn political correctness you know i don't think it'd be enough to warrant controversy i think there are two things that would that it would be easy to not do it this way but watching the movie in hd and watching the movie at age 35 i saw two things that you could very easily do right now if you made the movie, but, and I never noticed it when I was a kid, but, um, so like we're going to run into this as we were, as we talk about movies in the eighties and earlier, maybe even in the nineties too, but the scene where he's in the beginning, when they're at the bar with like the, uh, Nepalese guys, was it that hard to find like, Asian people and Middle Eastern actors, <laughs> no, Asian no. and Middle Eastern actors to play, to play the roles in the eighties. So um, the lesser of the two was it. And it's in, by the way, it's not really because it offends me or anything like that. It's just because when you watch it today, even though I, I could see it, if you were Asian or Middle Eastern, that's pretty offensive. But um, it's just because when you watch it today and like HD with the TVs that we have, like the guy that plays the Arab swordsman, who yeah, he no, ends up yeah. shooting. He was a British guy named Terry Riches from London. He was 
as far as I can tell, not in any way the right guy, if you know what I'm saying. And then even worse, an even worse example of it was, like I said, at the bar, they had this guy who was playing like one of the the crew members of the Naples, you know, bad guys at the bar. And it was a guy named Malcolm Weaver, who is very, he's a British guy, very white. And he's, a, but he's a stunt man, right? So if there was some crazy stunt and you were just like, all right, we need Malcolm to do it. You know, that's the way it is. He's the best stunt man in the business. There wasn't really anything that crazy about the stunt scenes and the prosthetics and the makeup that they used to make him look Asian were like borderline blackface. So that's, that's not like it, it was, it was shocking to me watching it now because the movie was made in 81 and I think sometimes we think of that stuff as happening in like the sixties and fifties and whatever. And then you're like, Whoa, that was, uh, that was pretty shitty, but. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I think of that. I was just so, I was so, I think I'm so engrossed in like Harrison's character that when he's on screen, I just like kind of look into him, his eyes the entire time. So like, I, yeah, I don't see it. What's happening around him. <laughs> no, I don't see it. If anyone, anyone who knows me knows I'm not easily offended and I wasn't offended, but if you think I'm being too sensitive and you haven't, watched it in a while i would encourage you to go back and watch you don't even have to watch the whole movie although you should because it's a great movie but go back and watch that scene at the at the bar uh with with marion and and the crew that comes in to to kind of cause trouble and there's the one guy that the minute you see him you'll be like oh my god so and i can see having a problem especially with the whole like controversy happening recently with ghost and shell casting scott johansson instead of like you said i saw him from you know who's from asia I right. with Aladdin recently with the casting for Aladdin, but thankfully they corrected that. But like you said, that could, that could be a huge problem in 2020. Brie and I were talking about this the other day. Did you say you saw Aladdin and you weren't crazy about it, or did you just not have interest in seeing it? I didn't have interest in seeing it, but I just recently saw it. <laughs> I bought the 3D, uh, the three Blu-rays. I'm like, I'm like one of the few 3D fans, and I actually really enjoyed it. I'm not yeah, gonna I think I really, I, I think really we're gonna watch it. it soon. We're gonna watch it soon. So I, I liked it more than not to get too far, <clears> not to get too off topic here but i like the more than lion king remake wow what a turn for you i know lion king remake i love don glover's like my favorite person in the world but they play it way too safe whereas Aladdin took some chances which i appreciate yeah. all right i'll Bree and i'll check it out and I'll let you know so um so that was we talked about some bad scenes and some things we would change um what what's your favorite scene my favorite scene is when he's after the crate on uh, during like the car sequence when he's jumping from car to car, knocking the guys out and trying to take control of the vehicle um, that has the treasure in it. And yep. seeing him, like, you know, we talked about how he does, he's doesn't, he's doing all the stunts now scene for the most part. It's the sequence when he's thrown from the car and he's moving around the side of it while it's moving. And then he's in the front and uses his whip to go in the behind the um, vehicle, I thought that was that looked so good, even by today's standards when it comes to um, action sequences. From that point on, I'm like, I'm completely sold in this scene. It was, yep. it had comedy, it had you know, it had its action, obviously. Yep. I will also make a, I will also say short scene, but as a as someone who likes the uh, romance scenes, I also like the scene when Indy's hurt in bed, and he's you know covering cuts and bruises, and she's like, "What doesn't hurt you, Marianne to uh, Indy?" And he's like, he points to his elbow, he's like, "Here." And then she kisses yeah. him there. And then from there on out, he's like, here, here, yep. here. And like, I loved that scene. Yeah, no, I had a few. So um, one quick thing I, I liked, and I, I've i always liked the scene, I thought it was funny, is um, when he's having that battle in Cairo 
and he fights like a million guys. And then he gets to that spot where he's <clears throat> the kind of like the head head. If it was a video game, it would be like the, the main bad guy comes out with a big sword and then he just shoots him. He's just like Fuck this. I just fought a hundred guys. I'm not, and he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. And I found out that they actually, he was actually supposed to have a long fight with that guy too. But Harrison Ford got sick at that point of shooting. He had dysentery. And so he just like, he was like, I don't have it in me. Can I just shoot him? And they were, or I don't know if he said shoot him or, or, or whether it was Lucas or whatever, but someone was like, just shoot him. So that's why it happened, which is funny because that's one of the classic scenes in the film. And to, to find out that it wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone down that way if they, if it was, if it went according to plan, it's just funny. Um, so I like that scene. I love the, the, the fist fight scene in front of the plane that's probably the first scene I remember seeing as a kid. Uh, but my real favorite scene, and this is weird, is um, the, the closing scene where they put the Ark in, in a box and they wheel it into a warehouse full of thousands of other boxes containing, you know, God knows what. Because it just really feeds into the part of, of most people want to believe at least a little bit conspiracy theories in some way so the idea that there's like the, the government has this warehouse full of mysteries and yeah, i was actually know. gonna i was actually gonna bring that up with you later on before we end this podcast about yeah. that because i don't so obviously one two and three indian jones are you know that's like the complete collection in all people's eyes i don't hate four i don't i think it's the worst of the of the series but i don't hate it and i like what you just said right there is pretty much my defense <laughs> for it is how you know, anything is possible in this series. You have magic, you have, you know, uh, the Holy Grail, you have like all these mythical elements. So like, why can't aliens be like, people like turn it off completely because of the aliens. But like, I feel like it does fit in this universe. It's a little more out there than the other stuff, but I don't think it, I think it's too much hate because of the little details like that. Yeah, I don't turn it off because of what it's about at all. I turn it off because of I just, and I'm sure there'll be some exceptions. There's probably some already that um, you could point out, but I just think when you have a classic series like this, leave it. You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh, I agree. You, I agree. Unless you have something that you just you honestly feel like it's a part of the story that needs to be told, which I don't think that would have happened. Um, if it's any sort of money grab, which I think it kind of was, just just leave it. But definitely, no. They're trying to pass that torch. And right, but that's the re- that's the only reason why I got made. I think it's a pass the torch. So, this next category I'll leave up to mostly you. Um, soundtrack, like it, love it, hate it. Uh, I'm gonna let you take it, but for the most part, all all I'll say is, is it one of the best ever? It's totally John Williams doing what John Williams does. I can talk forever about this, but like, it's like you said, it's it's John Williams. It's, it might be one of the best soundtracks. It might be one of the most recognizable soundtracks. I know people who haven't seen Indiana Jones but know the theme when, when they hear it. Same way oh, yeah. with God, same way with Star Wars. Yep. And like, it, like we talk about this uh, as of late uh, with the soundtrack, but again, this plays a character in the movie. Yep. The upbeat sounds versus the, you know, the when things are more tame, it's just like, it's, you can tell John Williams really, really took his time crafting the soundtrack around the scene specifically. And it is just, <laughs> it might be one of his best. Yeah, and it's, it's, one of his best and he's one of the best so right. it's yeah it's it's yeah it's the best you know in their prime so yeah you you said it best there so um so from positive to 
try to find some negative. If you could change one thing about this movie, what would you change? Uh, again, it's really close to being a perfect film, but I would change maybe the last fight sequence instead of having the my 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 Rays is my favorite Indian Jones movie, but I love the Last Crusade's final fight sequence the best, yeah. and I kind of wish this had a more epic, you know, showdown. This guy's been screwing over Indy forever, and like it's nice seeing him get his due <clears throat> in the end. But I kind of wish Indy had a little bit more to do with that. Instead of yeah. opening up the tune and having greed and you know wanting power and all that, kind of be the the end of him. So I kind of wish it was like a longer, longer uh, approachment and that. Whereas like he gets the revenge he needed, but in the end, it's, it's just a small thing. I I totally hear what you're saying. One thing I I do like about it though is that um, Bellic and the the whole battle between the two of them, Jones and Bellic, and how the, I think the movie does a great job of throughout the film, they kind of show that they are the same person. Like they have the same, it's like one went left at a certain point when the other went right, right. but they have a lot of the same passion and, and, uh, and that, and things that drive them. There's just like one little wire is different. And, and so that's why they, they keep clashing. And so the reason I, I like how it ended a little bit was I like that Indy knew spoiler alert Indy knew to not look and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, no, you know, I, like I said, I, I like how, like you said, they're pretty much the same person except like, you know, one's after it for money while one's after it yeah. for history preservation pretty much. And so like, it was, that's why I like the scene where he has a rocket launcher and he's like, you won't shoot it because you want this history as yes. much as I do. So like, yes. I know that, that was a really important scene. I thought to just explain what you just said. Yeah. But I kind of wish like just a few punches before that maybe took place. It's like, you know, to, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, if I could change one thing and, and this is tough because um, like you said, it's, it's pretty close to a perfect film to me. And um, it's also tough because the, so Ron Lacey as uh, Arnold taught. Um, and the fact that I want to change it may mean that he's doing his job very well. I think that role, so for the guy with the, you know, the Nazi guy with the black suit, um, I think that that role could have been done better. Not that I could do it better or that I, I, I really know what I'm talking about. But, um, and it's no knock on Lacey because he did creep me out like yeah. to the next level. Um, but I think he could have been, or the character could have been scarier. Like I could have, could have been more afraid of him. The, to me, the one of the best scenes, and I wish they did more of this was when he first gets to Marion's bar and he is, you're, you're beginning to think that he's going to burn her with the, in the fire. He pulls out like the hot iron and he's going to burn her. I wish he was more, I wish he was more, I guess, scary and less or not less creepy but there was more actual reason to fear him you know what i mean no but, definitely like you said like a little bit that's another reason why uh, i don't want to jump around too much but have you seen mission impossible um oh the yeah fourth, the fourth one i think so uh was, no i don't think with, i've seen that one with philip seymour hoffman it was the fourth or third oh, yeah, third, yeah, yeah. Third, i'm sorry third one yeah um he, he i think is the best <laughs> villain when he shoots and remember how he's like he's threatening and then he actually pulls the trigger 
yes. I kind of wish this villain kind of like pulled the trigger with like either that scene or just like to show like that he is not string around. Yeah, and when you watch that in Mission Impossible, because no one ever does that, you, the first time you watch that, you're like, oh, yeah, oh my god, drops. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just like I'm not, I'm not messing around, dude. This isn't a game to me. I'm not whatever. You're, and it, it does. It's it stops you. You're like, holy, <laughs> shit. yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I wish he, I wish he had more. I wish there was a scene to show that he wasn't just like a sniveling little evil, creepy looking guy, but that he'd kill someone if he if he could or if he had to. So yeah. um, that's about it for, for the category. So um, we'll let you rank first, but just to go over the, the rating score, we rank, we rank everything on, or rate everything on if you would pay a late fee to, for this movie. So you rent the movie, a scale of one to five. One is, you know, you rent the movie and you get five minutes into it and you fall asleep like my wife did the other day and you just return, <laughs> return it to uh to the video store that night or the next morning uh, early, you don't, you definitely not paying a leave. You're going to bring it back early. A five is up to a five where you're like, you know what? I'll keep this as many days as I want. I'll even, I'll even uh, buy the movie from you guys rather than bring it back. So scale of one to five, Joe, what's your, your ranking for right. rating for Razor Lost Ark? All right. Before we get into the ratings real quick, what are your favorite films? That, Cause I'm not sure what we're ever going to review the rest of these movies. What are your favorite films in order? Is it one, three, two, four? No. Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when, well, well, I shouldn't say no. I'll explain it in my rating. Okay. No, I'll also say because like, I love how all these films are kind of different. You have, you know, yep. one being kind of like this epic romantic action packed tale. You have two being like a horror film almost at times. You have yep. three being like this personal <laughs> film with kind of like throwbacks. The first, uh, first one, then four is kind of like a, a almost like a standalone, like, I don't know, it's just its own thing, but it's not the worst. So I was like, yep. when I was when I was reviewing, thinking about my review for this film, I went to this thinking I liked three the best. Um, with Sean, uh, with Sean Connery, obviously. Sean Connery, yep. Right, and <clears throat> I was, I ended up watching the first three back to back to back just to kind of like base my review to make sure it was like accurate because, again, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I haven't seen the whole series in a while, but watching them in order, Rares is the best one I, in my opinion. It is a straight up five. And the other films do different things better. So, like, I think the opening to Temple of Doom is the best opening in the series. I think the ending to Last Last Crusade is the best ending in the series. But I think overall, I think Raise the Lost Ark is the best overall package. You know, you have, have, again, you have your action, you have your... Um, you have the romance in it. You have the drama. You have the comedy. It is just the perfect balance throughout the entire film. And like it's, it's looking back at it now. It's Harrison Ford. He's just perfect in it. His charisma we talked about earlier is just he's just the perfect. There, I can't see anyone else playing Indiana Jones. No, I can't either. So it's like it's. Thankfully, <laughs> these movies are all pretty consistently good. And the thing about Harrison Ford too just this is like the Harrison Ford fan club but <laughs> what I think separates him and and the the part of him that you see in this that you didn't see in in the Star Wars movies is his 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 intelligence or at least his ability I think he is a really smart guy but if he isn't he does a really good job of playing one so 
you didn't see that in Star Wars that much. I mean, he was like a wise ass and he had that like that's like the the smart ass sense of humor, but this movie is the foundation for Harrison Ford as a, as a movie star, which is you know, he can he can fight. He's a good-looking guy, so he's going to get the girl. But he's not just a an action star. He's a he's a really smart guy. Like I think of the Fugitive where he's a doctor. He's a doctor that ends up, you know, beating basically the FBI with his 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 brain. So, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. This is Harrison Ford's, you know, at his best. But so my score, this movie is and always has been one of my favorites. Um, and I like I said earlier, I actually like this better than the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, like we talked about earlier, this is the best joining forces in their prime. So Lucas Spielberg, Harrison Ford, everyone. Now, it may not be my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. I haven't decided. I haven't gone back and watched them one through three. I'm going to. For me, it's for me, it's one and three are neck and neck. Yeah, so, no, that's how I was too going into this. <clears throat> two is great too, but but it's it's between one or three. I haven't decided. That said, it's timeless. I'll always love it. Um, and I gave it a four four and a half out of five. See, just because. Was, no, that's where I was. Compl- I, I was. It was either between this or Last Crusade beginning the five because it's like the one like this series is groundbreaking. So it's like I had to give one of them out, and that's why I gave this a five because I think I would give Last Crusade a four point five if I reviewed it yeah. now. And I could watch I could watch last we say it and decide that I want to flip them and it'll be too late. But the, you could call either one of them. You could call them both a five, probably. Right. I don't. <clears throat> it, it's they're they're amazing. So um, my beer was good. How was your German? <laughs> I really drank. I really drank much of it, but it's it's strong. So if you like your German beer, it's nice and strong. Then you're gonna love it. Yep. As that those Germans don't have much of a sense of humor or it has a really well, cool top actually it has like one of those like course was like oh you know like those restaurants where you go to like get, get, yes wires oh, yeah. like this like little glass jar with like the little cork screw thing on yep. top it's like one of those fancy bottles okay wow lottie dojo <laughs> yeah my mine was good mine i don't have a fancy cork or anything but it was it was delicious so closing up uh before joe gets it's joe's pick next week um follow us on instagram suggestions always welcome um and like we said, if you send us a message, it'll cut in front of Joe's pick. Uh, but if you don't send us a message, Joe, what will we re- what will we be watching and reviewing next? All right. So Eric is here to pick the big movies that you all know and love. I'm here to pick the movies that no one knows about. And, <laughs> and hopefully I'll turn away some viewers. But I haven't seen it in a long time. And I kind of want to watch it again. So I'm going to pick Small Soldiers. The, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. A mix again. We talked about the mix between um, live action animation with Space Jam. This is kind of like the same idea, so be kind of fun revisiting. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Um, I don't even. I don't even remember the last time I saw that movie. But I don't either. All right, so we'll be we'll be reviewing that next, and uh, we'll see how it holds up. We'll see. It's a tough, tough act to follow with Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> but but that's all right. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you yeah. for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. And we'll be back in a, in a few days with the, with the next one.